0: good evening and welcome to this the last MGEV community podcast of 2023 streaming live on Monday the 18th of December although by the time we get this finished it'll probably be Tuesday the 19th uh, 2023. Uh, This evening we'll discuss uh, MGEVs hoping to inform and entertain you for about an hour or so. I'm Dave Stuart, Dave S in the Forum, currently driving the New Style ZS Long Range and joining us all the way from Tasmania. Jennifer, how are you?
1: I'm great, Dave. How are you?
0: It's great to have you back on and uh, we'll give you a bit of a solo spot at some stage uh, later on, just to give us an update on how things are uh, d- down, down under. Uh, also joining us uh, just outside Oslo, and it's a while since I've said that, John. Welcome back to John Griffiths.
2: Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me back on for today. Much appreciated. So hope I can offer Good. something.
0: Good seeing you. Nice to see you, Dave. And from Devon, Tom's here as well. Hello, Tom. Hi,
3: folks. I'm T-Sedge on the forum, uh, driving an MG4. Good to see you. Happy Christmas, everybody
0: and from swindon uh vince is joining us once again
4: hi yeah vince williams vince 31 on the forum currently driving the mark ii ZSCV, had the mark one zsv before that
0: perfect good to see you again and from the charlie group mg in england the innovation development manager miles roberts miles it's great to see you as ever
5: oh good evening everyone hi uh, miles Roberts cg on the forum and um yeah, good to have a bit of festive cheer, I hope. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm coming a bit over like the Christmas Grinch. I I, I got the memo, but I, I didn't respond. I've I've got a Christmas tree kind of hat thing going on here. But uh, I'm not really so you have that. That's law. Oh, you have to wear that now. No, no, it's just there. Uh, <laughs> we, we can refer to it. <laughs> if you're watching us live, thank you for joining us. And please click the like button uh, and join us uh, on the discussion in the chat window. If you're watching uh, later, thank you for choosing to watch the video. Uh, please subscribe and get notifications of when we go live the next time. So we're going to have quite a lot to try and cram quite a lot into uh, a, a quite compact uh, program tonight. Uh, we'll be discussing the MG4, the MG5 and the ZSEV. And we'll be looking at maybe one or two new things that are maybe in the far distant horizon it's uh uh, as i said earlier it's great that uh, we've been joined again by jennifer and tasmania and john in norway and uh, so we'll have a wee chat with them separately about how things are out in their neck of the woods and i know john uh, has been doing a wee bit of digging to see how uh sales with various models etc are going on which we've always appreciated so great john we'll get an update from you uh So some of these things, as usual, we've trolled the the, uh, forum. Uh, We're gonna be looking at uh, some of the delays in in, uh, dealerships um, and having a look at that and the iSmart app and uh, what sort of updates there are possibly coming for the software. Then we'll look at one or two MG4 issues, some MG5 issues and uh, MGZS. And then, as I say, we'll have a chat with John and Jennifer. So, looking at the the across all the cars, miles, there seems to be a bit of a a, a thing about there seems to be long delays, well over a month to get an appointment, no courtesy cars, etc. Are you seeing that, or or uh, what do you feel like it's like on the ground? Um, I mean, what. <laughs>
5: From our point of view all i can obviously say is about our own our own dealerships and and what our issues we face are um the problems we've got typically at the moment with service appointments is that um, we are incredibly busy not uh, in some ways kind of a victim of our own success because Mm um mg dealerships obviously that started selling evs eh, when the first ZSEV came out sort of you know 2019 to late late 2018 start 2019. Those cars are now sort of you know two, three, four years old. They're well within the cycle of things. But obviously we, we hit a bit of a sort of um weird time around COVID where um in 2020 a lot of servicing didn't happen on time and a lot of it got delayed. Um MOTs got extended by six months and things like that. So what happened was that if your MOT was due, in summer 2020 it got extended by six months automatically by the government because basically no MOT stations were open Um, and that meant that there's an awful lot more MOTs happening this time of year than there would have been in you know in a normal in a normal year had that cycle not been broken. Mm -hmm. Also what we're saying is that there's an awful lot of um, difficulty in uh, both the recruitment and retention of good quality technicians um garage technicians are um increasingly asked to do more and more electrical type things rather than you know physical um spanners on nuts type of stuff and it's um it's a different skill set and it's one that you know obviously with our own staff we go through a rec- you know a training process throughout the year we make sure that's um carried out as, as best we can but when we're trying to you know as we get more busy we're trying to encourage to recruit from else from outside it's getting people who have those skills already or else we've got to put them through quite an intensive training procedure to actually get them up to the standards that's required by brands like mg um so that people are you know level three or level four qualified on uh, electric drive trains for example which if they've worked for a non-franchise dealership they might not have had that experience before um mm-hmm. so that's making it quite difficult and also the fact is that um at this time of year there's also an increase in um obviously courier firms being very busy and their own fleets needing lots of maintenance and so you know companies like for example amazon might suddenly have a bit of a recruitment drive themselves to try and get extra staff in to cover all of the extra vans that they need to maintain on their fleet and they might be willing to pay over the odds for those uh, technicians, which means that then, you know, it might be an attractive place to, for our technicians to go find employment. So um, there's a number of reasons why it's costing us more to retain the ones that we have, and it's difficult to find good quality staff to replace the, the ones that do leave. So that can cause a bit of a problem. Yeah. And also there's the age-old problem of um, nobody takes the holidays until December because they don't get a chance to uh, earlier in the year because we're too busy earlier in the year. So it ends up that the week week or two before Christmas, everyone's like, well, I've still got two weeks holidays to use, and so they end up booking half of December, which then completely screws our timetables. So, yeah, we're currently booking about three weeks in advance, which kind of takes you into January, obviously. But naturally, we're closed for a few days throughout the Christmas period anyway. Um, Yeah.
3: I guess the the courtesy carb delay would be a similar thing. De- dealerships get really busy they run out of spare cars to give people
5: yeah and i think well i think the issue as well is that um at this time of year we don't want to register any extra cars if we can avoid it because we're coming up to a change of year so if we were to register yeah. a car in december to put on an extra courtesy car it's going to be a 2023 car whereas you know if we register it in january it's 2024 it helps with residual prices so um that is Another reason why, perhaps, you know, if we've sold a courtesy car, if we've sold, if we're taking a, if we defleeted some cars towards the end of the year, we're not looking at replacing them until January for our own well, for cash flow as much as anything else, as well. You know, when you've got a business which is um, typically in a lull in December, not many people, you know, this might be different in other countries, but not many people in the UK buy cars as Christmas presents these days um so um we tend to find that there is a natural lull in sort of november december which then means that um you know your cash flows down so you you wouldn't want to start registering extra cars and incur that extra cost at a time which is naturally quieter for you so um so yeah in terms of you know why it's taking a month to get booked in with it i think just yeah that combination of reasons really and in terms of um the courtesy cars i can only say that yeah we're probably just holding out to Avoid registering cars in the last week of December, unless there's a the target to be hit with MG. You know, if MG say you need to have 200 registrations in December and we're on 190, we might start registering a few extra courtesy cars. But um, otherwise, if there's not a financial reason to do so, you'd probably avoid it if you could. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think in the last podcast I said I was a wee bit apprehensive. I was going to the local dealership for the first time, and yeah, I, I did. But I booked in the car for its service, so it was about a four or five weeks lead time. And uh, but I must admit, uh, I, uh, I I thought traces a uh, were, were were great. But it's it's a fair drive. It's about 150, 160 miles away. Uh, for me. So having one in Inverness now is great. So I'm sort of thinking about well, at least it's going to be handy. But my God, they we're on the ball. They never misled me in any way. You said your car will be ready. There's a couple of things I said, I looked at, I said, right, could you get the car in earlier? Uh, so no, I came away a very happy bunny, And, and the uh, it was about four quid cheaper than they had uh, given me an estimate for. So, of was cock miles. Two, four pounds. Well, say uh, extra four pounds. I mean, that's that's pretty much half a we <laughs> pay for, isn't it, Dave? So, so I could buy my castle.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tough time for for car dealers. You know, I say cash flow wise, it's a struggle. This year has been a struggle generally for car sales. Um, I mean, I know that nobody's going to start, you know, crying over us, but it's um, the stock issues that we've had this year in terms of the devaluation of of used vehicles has really affected a lot of dealerships. So, and the higher interest rates. So um, I don't know if this will be of interest to everyone, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Um, the, um, so it, as car dealership group, we we don't actually own every single vehicle. We, we put it on a funding line. We have a finance house that funds our vehicles. We've currently got around 15 million pounds of stock, of used car stock. So that's why we don't own it all for cash, but we do pay obviously interest on that loan. Um, Mm -hmm. and typically we're paying sort of, you know, obviously the bank base rate is 5.25%. Now we're currently paying probably about 6.5% on the interest on the loan. So each car that's on our forecourt is costing us about 300 pounds a month in interest. So if you're, um, if you've got a car that's in stock for two months, it's lost you 600 pounds just in stocking fees, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so in terms of, you know, so if we, EVs which have become a slower selling vehicle used. And part of that's because there's been some stronger finance offers for new cars. Um, and part of it's because people haven't got the money to buy an EV, you know, whether it's used or whatever, and you know, unless the car's cheap. So the only levers that dealerships have to pull available to them really for, you know, encouraging people to buy used cars is to make them cheaper. So we've seen some of our used car, you know, whereas last year Some people were um, buying an MG4 and they were having it six months and they were selling it for the same price as a new one. This year, typically, you know, you're buying, you know, if the new price is £32,000, a used one that's a year old might now be £25,000. And people think that's an awful lot of depreciation. And it is. But it's also, if you remember back before COVID, that's pretty much what you'd expect out of a new car when you bought it back then. You know, the cars do lose when you come off
3: the forecourt. 25% 25 percent of the first year isn't
5: it yeah yeah yeah. i mean a typical um sort of three-year residual for a, any used car petrol diesel whatever um has typically been around 45 percent after three years that's sort of what it used to be um, and they got to the point where some people were thinking that their cars were basically de- depreciation proof that they were you know and some people benefited from that i know there's a number of people on the forum here who upgraded so, you know, for example, Dave, you went to a ZSEV to a new ZSEV, partially because you offered fairly strong money for your existing car. Um, and if you hadn't, you know, the you car, you know, rather than it, you know, if it had been depreciated down significantly, you probably would have thought, oh well, it's a bit of a jump is that I don't really need the great." you know, you'd have thought about it a bit more. Um, unfortunately, I say, you know, car car dealers, if a car's sat on your forecourt and it's not selling, you're gonna to have to drop the price. Um, and it's getting to the point where, obviously, you'd then be, you know, if somebody comes to part exchange a car in with you and says, you know, look, I want to buy this new ZSEV. I've got a MG5 standard range, I want to chop in against it. Um, well, if you've got two of those already on your forecourt, you're going to think, well, it's got to be cheap for me to, you know, I don't want to, obviously, you know, be yeah. on at the same cost as those and then have it sat on my forecourt for a couple of months. So prices have seemed to have gone down quite a bit. I think they have sort of plateaued a bit. But I think that it's been a really tough deal. I know that as a uh, we've we've written down over a million pounds of stock just on EVs this year, um, which is an awful lot of money to take out of you online. Um, so it's it's been a real tough operating environment for a lot of car dealerships, and some groups have you know had significant issues. I see that lookers are looking at cutting something like six hundred jobs in the UK. Uh, and closing several dealerships and that will happen I think um, um, across the board there will be a lot of gin palaces which have had very very good profits up until recently and are now just really it's biting them hard
0: but I suppose the huge growth of MG over the last two years you know when I bought my first car there were only three agencies in Scotland now there's a proliferation so you know there is a balancing out of what's what's the right level for for sales versus yeah i think think
5: mg says that they they think that around 150 dealers nationwide is is saturation point um so there have been some dealerships which have closed of late and some of those have been quite well loved family-owned brands around the uk i've seen you know there's quite a few um i've Heard of friends that said you know they used to take their dealership the cars are one in Gloucester or whatever and that's closed and the next nearest one's now Bristol or something. It's um, but also part of that is not just it's not necessarily that they weren't performing with MG. It's that they were doing quite well with MG, but the the bigger cost constraints of the bit of the industry have, have really come to get come against them. And if, to be fair, if you own your premises, if you own a big dealership site, um. Outright, you know, if you're not renting it and you go, okay, well, I could continue to run a dealership and I could, uh, you know, we could make 500,000 pounds profit this year potentially. Mm. Or I'm, you know, I'm hitting, I'm getting close to retirement and Aldi have just offered to buy the site for X million pounds, you know, which is going to, which is going to cause less stress and which is the, you know, which is the way to go. So I think there's quite a bit of
2: that. That in in fact happened here recently with a well known um, MG dealer who decided that rather than end up in a terrible situation next year decided to close shop and sell to somebody else but he didn't want to end up with massive debts and a great loss but back to what you're talking about the pricing and what you got sitting on your forecourt um that's what's happened with some of the big dealers here with the Marvel r for example they're selling it as a loss to get it off the books because they can't buy any more new cars until they've sold their existing so you're talking about millions and millions of pounds of stock sitting on a dock waiting for a buyer to come through the room so uh, through the door so you're getting about seven thousand uh, pounds six and a half thousand pounds off the of marble art at the moment with subsidized interest but I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later yeah yeah shall
3: well, well, we uh move on to the app david
0: yeah, certainly. I was just going to say, on leaving that, remember that whilst we're seeing the forum bad news stories, etc., there's still a lot of good dealerships out there, and I see a couple of folks saying they've had great service as I did uh, from the dealership. So let's not paint too gloomy a picture of it. I suppose. Yeah, the iSmart app. Um, a bit of uh, disgruntlement about that. Um, Miles, uh, have you got anything on this?
5: So I had no form, no prior knowledge that the app was being updated today. Um, so when it got updated, and I was actually, I've actually been on a day off today, so I've managed to uh, completely forget about that when I was saying that I could do the podcast today. So I've been out Christmas shopping with my wife, been to Harrogate, done a whole lot of shopping, um, and then reading a to So I haven't actually had a chance to even do anything other than look at the forum and see that a few people have had issues with that. So Tom, Vince, I believe you've actually got the new app. Probably best if you... Talk on this,
3: yeah. Uh, well, I haven't managed to get it to work yet, although others have. Um, there seems to be a few problems. One, um, as I understand, if it's if you have an Android phone, you may need to uninstall and then reinstall the app for it to work. The other has been server problems where you can't log in or it logs you out after an hour or so. Uh, but what I have heard is it finally gets the heated seats the right way around on the MG4, which is great because previously well, that's a, that's drivers. <laughs> <laughs> you press driver's seat and you got your passenger seat warmed up and vice versa. So uh, I have heard that, but I haven't been able to use it. And a lot of people have been trying to get in and posting on the forum today to say they're having problems.
4: Uh, certainly, uh, I I uh, loaded it on earlier. And when I uh, when it came up uh, updated, it went straight. to. I'm on Android, by the way. And it came up and as soon as it came up, it would um, cut out straight away and hmm. reboot and come on again, reboot. But I fixed that. I said, uh, clear the cache, clear all the data. And since then, mm. it's worked OK. I've just checked it just now, and it's just connected to the car OK. Uh, oh, I can unlock and unlock the car and uh, do the usual stuff. The only bit that doesn't work is the um, when you save it for miles, it goes back to kilometers the next time you log in again. But that's mm. very minor compared to issue, compared to what I've heard. But mine seems to be working OK on Android at the minute.
5: Um, what, what versions of MGs are available on? So the iSmart app is only available on the uh, facelifted MG5, uh, the facelifted ZSEV, and the MG4. Uh, it's not available on the HSFev, it's not available on the uh, pre-facelift version of the MG, ZSEV, or the MG5. They just don't have the communication capability within the car, they don't have the comms ECU. Uh, one thing i have just seen, because I've seen on the forum quite a lot of people, and I've seen a couple of emails coming to me today as well, Um, people saying they need to unbind to rebind the car. When they've Mm -hmm. logged into the app, it's asking them to rebind straight away. Don't don't try and rebind. Basically, um, what I think is happening is that the, um, when you go to log into the app, there's a choice of logging with email address or logging with phone number. And quite typically, people will create an account first using either their email address um, or their phone number. Now, whichever you use the first time you ever signed in, that's your username. So your username is either your email address or your phone number. And that's the thing that the car's bound to. Now, some a lot of people have gone, oh, OK, I can't like It's not logging in on email. I'll try logging in my phone. Actually, I end up creating a second account with their phone number, which then obviously isn't bound to the car because it's the email address that's bound to the car, or vice versa, you know, whichever one they did first. Um, and then they try and bind in again, and it says it won't bind, they end up having to get the car unbound to be able to rebind the car. Don't hit me with loads of requests for unbinding your car at the moment, because I think what's happening is that people are just mixing up their usernames effectively, That they've used the email instead of the phone, or vice versa. Um, if anyone is having a lot of issues, I can get the car unbound. However, bear in mind that I'm reliant on um my friendly engineer at longbridge doing that and we're coming up to christmas so he, he, there may be some days off here or there that i can't get it done um so yeah effectively uh if the anyone's if having lots of problems beyond a couple of days then perhaps contact me drop me an email at at uk. Uh, i'll need a copy of the i'll need the vin number i'll need a copy of the ownership document so the v5c or a copy of the order form showing the uh, VIN number on there to prove ownership and that can get the car unbound. Um, but if uh, at the moment, I think a lot of it's just server, which I think the servers overload to be fair. I think because yeah. every single MG owner across the world is currently trying to use the new version of the app. And I think the server capacity isn't quite there. So um, bear with, but if it's still not working in 48 hours, drop me an email.
2: We've okay. got the same problem here. I've just checked the Facebook yeah, MGZS group and some people are saying, Install it and uh, uninstall it twice on Android, and it will work. But the same thing is yeah. also talking about the logging with your code. If there's any consolation, I lost contact with the Audi app
5: for four weeks. Well, my uh, wife lost uh, contact with the, the uh, Volvo app a year ago, and it's not resolved. So just okay. <laughs> so FYI, it's not, is not just <laughs> <laughs>
2: But I think the problem that you alluded to is correct. There's too many people hitting the server. And the server has a problem um i got accused of logging in too many times and every time you got an error message even though i got an error message it is actually logged uh, said you would logged in yeah. so you've got 20 error messages in a day and there's a maximum number of hits with the audi that you can go in and, and
5: well, i think it's like a denial of uh denial of service you know attack so, you know. Yeah. yeah yeah so um, but I can't understand why they don't give it to
2: selected users to try and do um, a, uh, a beta test of it rather than launching it on yeah. an unsuspecting public in this manner. With I
5: imagine they will have done some sort of testing, but obviously not with the volume of, of users at once. It's probably, like I say, I think it's the volume that's just struggling at the moment. But give it a day or two, yeah. now, I think it'd be okay.
0: And there's also been some talk about any inf- infotainment software upgrades uh, coming in the near future, Miles. I
5: have no I have no prior knowledge. There probably will be, but I haven't got any version numbers or anything like that, so I can't okay. help them, sorry.
0: Well, just rest in the 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 comfort that Every day when I get in my car and the radio goes on, I go, why does the radio come on? It's just, but you've heard it before, <laughs> sir. Good. Good. So maybe now just look at the individual uh, uh, versions. MG4, the X Power has got the steering vibration or alleged steering vibration issue.
5: No, I think it's actually. I don't think it's the steering. I think it's it, the vibration. Seems to come from the rear, according to most reports. And it's. Uh, mm. I think people thought there was a steer, There was a potential issue with steering dampening because there was an article that came out in, uh, online that said that. In Australian market, they were fitting a different steering damper to try and improve the drive of the car, and so people thought yeah. that might be related to this vibration that we mentioned. Um,
3: but uh, and I think they feel it—they feel it through the steering wheel, so that's why they think it's steering
5: yeah. Related. Um, I don't know what's causing the vibration. um I don't know what's doing it. it, it there's been nothing official from MG yet in the UK, so mm. uh, no updates at the moment. But I, I know that every report that's been given is being looked at. So um, yep, if it's some sort of trend, then uh, one of the things is it wasn't mentioned at all in any of the press cars. Um, you'd think, you yeah. know, if Auto Express or, you know, Autocar or whatever had found something like that, they would have taken it at that sort of speed. They would have noticed a vibration. Yeah. So I think the fact that it wasn't mentioned there means potentially it's a batch thing, but we'll see. We'll it see what's, yeah. what's
3: coming through. Yeah.
0: And there's an um, easy charging problem, Tom. You?
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so I've got this, but quite a few people are now reporting. I think we've had about 10 or 12 so basically it stops charging early so it, you know it'll work for months fine whatever you limit you set up um 80 or 100 percent. or if you're on a, a standard range car it will go to the full 100 percent, and then it just stops charging fully sometimes does five percent ten percent one percent two percent i noticed it over a few nights it decayed and now i can plug in any ac charger or a granny charger or go to a, a friend's house and it'll only do one or two percent then it Cuts out, there's no errors. The car just says that it's full and the charger says the charge terminated normally. Uh, DC charging is fine, fortunately. So, I, But obviously it's more expensive, uh, but I can go out and top no, that. So... So what I have what I have seen is a few people have reported being asked to take software updates and also a few people have had the charge control unit replaced. That's all I know from what people have said on the forum. Uh, yeah, all the I'll say control. is
5: if you've got that issue, you kind of need to take it to the dealership because obviously it's stopping yeah. it
3: up. Yeah, my, my challenge though with that is the first appointment is, um, I think, 17th of January, uh, <laughs> which uh, is also a holiday time for me. So uh, I'm not going to be able to get it looked at probably till till February. But uh, okay. right. uh, but yeah, it's a, it, it seems to have suddenly started happening. May, this might again be a batch of people. It seems to be phase one cars with the 11 kilowatt um, charger, which is the trophy in phase one in the UK. It doesn't seem to affect anyone in the Australia, New Zealand yet. Um, I've not. Uh,
5: we've not had any reported to our dealership, to my knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it is still fairly isolated numbers. It must be, because you know, we we yeah. just yeah. We haven't had any reported. Um, but every yeah, if anyone's having issues, like that, obviously it needs taken to dealership. They need to, to open a, a service now case with MG. Um, and it might be that they try software updates first. But asking mm-hmm. Tom. So irrelevant of what level you've what limit you've now set. So if you, if you set a limit. Yeah. To, it still quits after a couple of percent
3: yep yep yeah I, you can have anything I, i'll leave it at 100% now and it, it'll do one or two percent i can i've put it on the granny uh, last night and it, it lasted five minutes and it stopped and it was on about 70 percent. Uh, i've tried it on low charge when it's had 20 percent of charge it tried it high charge and on dc it will just charge all the way up i can go well into the 90s stop whenever i like um there's no problem so i don't know why uh but that's what I, it's I, i'm not the wise one
5: i'm sorry no. yeah
3: that's all right i mean for for those who who might have this there's a for good long forum thread on it if you look for it um it should be near the top um so at least you can see what other people are experiencing
2: mm-hmm. could i ask a question about the four-wheel drive uh one of the problems i had with the Marvel r was that we have a, a cottage in the mountains and. Uh, it's quite icy in the winter. And of course, the four wheel drive on the Marvel R doesn't cut in when you reverse. Uh, so, is that, do you know if that's the
5: same with the uh, X Power? I'll be honest, I'm not sure. Uh, so, the X Power, I've only had limited abil- ability with it. I've only, I've driven it about 200 miles and it was, most of it was around a track, to be honest. It'd be um, interesting <laughs> to find out.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. you go into reverse and it just goes into front wheel drive.
5: I know that when you put it in Eco, It only goes in rear wheel drive, unless you absolutely floor it, and then it'll bring in both modes. One of those two, I can't remember. You don't get the full four wheel drive. The idea behind
2: it was they said it was performance, so there's quite a lot of people bought the Marvel Hour and uh, realized they can't back up a hill in the winter. But uh,
5: yeah, I haven't tried that. I've got a colleague who's got the uh, MG4, so I'll, I'll ask him to check that.
2: Okay.
0: And there were one or two other things about the MG4 uh, rear yeah. discs
3: corroding. Was that on was that the MG4, was that? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it's one of the other things. So some people who, as it seems to be the people who leave it on the default Level 3 region, some of them have gone to their first service and been told, My, your rear discs need replacing because they're, corro- they're too corroded. Well, essentially what happens is they're not used enough, and so they become corroded. And if the corrosion is left, uh, it can become sufficiently corroded that the disc no longer makes good contact with the brake pattern you have to have it replaced. It's not a lot of people, but it has been reported. I mean, various advice people have been giving, like make sure you do some hard braking every now and then, obviously making sure it's nobody behind you uh, from a high speed. And uh, personally, I keep mine on adaptive. So it doesn't seem I have a much less regen braking particularly yeah, at think, speed, which I think
5: that there was I mean, it's an, it's an issue we've had with EVs since the original LEAF came out. Again, you know, the regen braking does quite a lot of braking force, and particularly with the rear wheels. The rear wheels do less braking force generally, typically, you know, normal petrol car is only doing sort of 20% of the braking effort. So um, mm. I would find that, yeah, unless you're doing some harsh braking every now and again, which I tend to do because I live in a hilly area, so I tend to, you know, and I drive spiritedly, <laughs> um, I do tend to find that, um, yeah, you know, you you, you if you use your brakes, it's fine. But if you if you're just tootling around town all day, the basically the brakes aren't getting cleaned by the pads. So mm-hmm. yeah, just do some either turn your your regen off and, and do some more abrupt braking, or lend your car to me for the day and I'll, I'll sort your <laughs> brakes out. <laughs> See, the
2: ID three yeah. has drum brakes, yeah, on the back. Mhm. Uh, uh, it does. Yes, it yeah,
3: does. And the Cooper, um,
2: uh, and as well. That that's, that's a good argument for that. We took the MG back because it had a, a Mazda CX-3, and uh, that went through two sets of discs. Uh, um, wife doesn't drive a lot, so I before we took the, M- the ZS back, I went up and down the motorway like an idiot, <laughs> braking as if it was about to be ejected through the windscreen. We took it up there, and the guy said, "No, it's fine." So yeah. I, I would recommend a really, really hard session of braking to get the rust off. Yeah. And, uh, can,
0: can I recommend to everybody don't give Miles your card today? <laughs> <laughs> that is a health warning. Can you, can you us next make sure you, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you'd, you'd like
3: to have that one to test. Just before we move off the MG4, Miles, um, there's a question on the forum, um, on, the, on the YouTube chat, sorry. Uh, are there any information yet on a facelift version?
5: Um, there's been rumours in uh, a couple of trade magazines saying that uh, the MG4 due a facelift at the end of 2024, start at 2025. I have no mm. information at the moment. However, I'm going to an MG conference in January, so I might have some information after January.
3: Oh, great. Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Good. Good. Now, there's a couple of issues that we can look at for both the MG5 and the ZS, and the Tesla supercharging problem seems to be reported by owners of both uh i by sheer cussedness do not use a tesla supercharger ever uh so i'll have to hand over to other people here is it still the problem is just not recognizing her
5: so i think that the uh, i've been told that if it's on the latest version of the bms cc
4: i've got them here miles it's the vcu yeah ccu yeah uh the evcc the bms and the bcm that's from jake
5: yeah, so that's what basically I told Jake. Jake got those updates done to his car, and his works fine. So there's so basically those five, those five ECU codes. Um, EVCC is EV charge controller. Um, e, what was the other one? Sorry, CCU charge controller. BCU,
4: BCU uh, BCM, and BMS.
5: Yeah, so basically battery control module, battery um,
4: management system. Management
5: system. Yeah, they're all basically to do with BMS and charging a, a, a battery. Um, if all those are updated, there shouldn't be any issues with using the Tesla chargers that are open and locked. Uh,
2: I, I understand it doesn't. we can't do it on the first
5: generation ZS. I've not tried on the first generation ZS. Oh, and that's what uh, I've heard. heard you. But again, it's if you've had all those see, those those updates and it's still not working on that, then presumably not. Oh, uh,
3: is that also true of first generation MD5 or? See, I've got a friend has got a,
5: uh, James Coates, you know, from James and Kate, um, who does the um Cleveland EV mobile servicing, he's got MG5 mm. and he uses Tesla chargers. So um okay. I can only assume that the MG5s both gens are working. these are all long range. I don't know if the standard range is any different, but the long-range mm. versions work certainly. Mm. Our
0: special correspondent Laz is not available tonight, so he was given, given yeah. The supercharger, but I may try one out just for well, take one for the team and I'll try out a Tesla supercharger. I just actually stumbled across a bank of about four of them in Inverness the other day. When did they turn up? Well, well Dave, uh, totally do?
2: to the other people. That's the advantage of the Tesla superchargers, if you can get to one. So um yeah cheaper, especially you can pay
5: a
3: fee. So yeah, cheaper
5: Yeah, a think that can be like less than fifty pence per kilowatt and things, can't they so, yeah.
3: it, it is only it is only certain Tesla superchargers that yeah, are open but, to all vehicles. So, so you do have do check do check that your local one is They're open for all open of them, open to non Teslas. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, also, some MG5, Tom, you were picking up on this one: uh, reduced power at low states of charge. But that's quite a standard thing, isn't it? Or is it just happening too early? Yeah,
3: the the issue that was being mentioned on the MG5 forums was that a few people were seeing this at twenty to twenty-five percent state of charge, which seemed high to be getting, <laughs> rather than sort of five percent or you know less than ten percent so, or whatever normal. What I would what I would um, say is that
5: um, this is m- more common on LFP batteries. Um, mm-hmm. because of the low voltage movement that they have on LFP compared to lithium ion, um, sometimes the BMS finds it difficult to actually calculate effectively the power output of the cell. Uh, and so we can have it, it particularly if it's not had a if it's not had a balanced charge for a while. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be that you know one cell seems slightly low voltage, and so it, to protect itself, it reduces the power output. So mm-hmm. um If it's on an LFP type, if it's the LFP as in the standard range batteries, the 50 ones, I can understand that perhaps more if it's a, if it's on the lithium-ion battery long range ones, I'd suggest that perhaps it, it could do the bounce charge. If everyone's doing exactly that, then again, take it to your dealership and see if they can do an update, but I would say that if it's particularly cold weather, that can also affect the power output of the batteries and sometimes that can limit your power.
3: Yes, yeah, that makes you. sense because we've heard that on the MG4X Power as well, which obviously can draw a huge amount of power. Some people have said, in if the battery is cold, it doesn't give its full whack away. Yeah, which is
5: like with the Tesla um, Plaid and things when they to do the launches, there's actually a battery heating mode on, and that specifically heat the batteries to the right temperature before you do the um, mm. the launch. So um, I can understand that the yeah, the battery temperature would be a factor in that in that case. I'm gonna to have to open a new base in this one's almost
0: finished. <laughs> Charge up your battery. Uh yeah, I, I I could just hear Miles tutting up about it. I have on a couple of occasions been really low by the time I got back home and well under 10%. That's all I'm gonna say because Miles will cut to the level that it doesn't even tell you how many miles you've got left. That's so about oh, what a heavy, horrible car it is to drive when it just is reducing all the, the power going out to everything. Oh, it was like oh it was terrible. Oh, yeah, I, I found this
5: driving the, oh. the aura funky cat yesterday and um I got I got back home with about five percent charge in and that was you know limiting my acceleration and things so rather than normal power outputs up to 120 kilowatts um in the funky cat and I think it was limiting me to about sixty. So oh. basically it's of 150 horsepower, I'm getting about sort of 75. So it's um it's yeah, it can make quite a difference, oh. particularly when you're on a 70 mile an hour road, you know by a dual carriageway you know and you put your foot down to to overtake and realize actually no that's not happening is it
0: <laughs> yes it's highly <laughs> unadvisable um
5: because do you want to find a charge point I'm like no i'm fine i'm fine is going do you want to find a charge point no no i'm fine I'm no i'm just a few miles away. <laughs> well, in that case you shall suffer my wrath
0: that's right and and it's a good bit downhill the last bit yes but you've got to get over the last hill before you uh yeah and I see some chassis rusts being reported, uh, especially in the, yeah. the older first style of the ZS. On the originals of mm. the CV. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, there's people after three years or so just worrying because I see they're getting reports of rust, surface rust. Uh, is it normal? Yeah. Again, Should they do again, anything?
5: And what I would point out is that there is a seven-year anti-perforation warranty on the vehicle. So if the customer gets the car service with MG. Uh, dealership gets the uh, corrosion inspected every year. In the event that that um, slight surface browning becomes more endemic, it's covered by the warranty and it would be fixed within the warranty, whatever that would entail, whether it would be Mm -hmm. a localised repair, whether it would be a replacement. So um, for those people who feel that they have that, that issue, bring it with your dealer and make sure it's noted on your file.
0: We've come a long way in the three years. Seven miles. Uh, it used to be just the MG said S. All you heard was the bongs. How would you stop the bongs? <laughs> right, yeah, the bongs. No, I don't. Yeah, well, if you go to the
5: Amsterdam dealers, they still have the bongs. You go to what? So if you go to the Amsterdam dealers, they still have the bongs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah, <laughs> but slow good. in the uptake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, this is one I, I again, I, I, and uh, sticky door handles. The handle being stuck out. Again, I haven't seen any kind of hear of that, but uh, yeah. Silicon getting spray. lubricated
5: by your dealer. Um, it's uh, we've seen it on other brands um, on on various cars. I know Tesla had an issue with it as well at one point with the door handle sticking out. Mm. Um, getting lubricated. What can sometimes affect it? Particularly, take your car to a. Local jet washes sometimes when they power the power wash the car, you're driving mm. basically you know a jet of water in through all the crevices. It's going to blast away any grease that's there, and that can cause issues. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd
3: re- recommend a silicon spray, not not WD forty because WD forty will attract dust and dry out. And it, it, yeah, it, while it will work, spray. it not, won't be, do it any good in the long run.
5: Yeah, it's not a lubricant, it's water displacement, really, isn't it? So, yes. um, yeah, yeah silicon spray is what we, we would use in our dealership.
0: That's its name, the 40th attempt at getting a successful water dispersant.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great. Great pub story, that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, Tom, I know you spent a bit of time going through uh, looking at uh, all the, the threads, so thank you very much for that, bringing that uh, to everybody's attention. Uh and it is it's interesting how you can just see how some things that you're maybe not experiencing yourself, other folk are, and and vice versa. So um thanks for thanks for pulling all that together. Um so now the bit that I've been really looking forward to, we as I said right at the start, we've got Jennifer and John with us. Um be really good I know sorry if sort of I put you on the spot guys but if you could just give us a quick sort of I don't know, four or five minute update of where you are what you're going to do next uh, why and and uh, how things are out there so uh, being a gentleman I will of course ask Jennifer to, to contribute first Jennifer how how are things down there
1: no, they're good. Um,
0: summer, a, summer for the start.
1: Summer, some yep. it, has, it doesn't feel like summer today, but um, no, we're looking forward to that. Um, so we had the first uh, generation MG uh, ZS. Um, we had it for two years. And uh, so late last year, we were getting a bit anxious. We were traveling a bit more around the Tasmania and also up to the mainland. And just the range issue, um, there were more people on not so many chargers. I mean, you guys have been through all the charging, lack of charging stations, you know, the last few years. It's becoming a real issue here. Um, I think this year, Australia's taken on an extra 80,000 EVs, um, which doesn't sound much to you, but for a not a great infrastructure, charging infrastructure it, it was a bit of a strain last holidays summer holidays so um it's going to be interesting in the next couple of months to see how things have have changed over the last 12 months um so for us it was um not enough charging stations where we wanted to go and then there were more people on them so um at that stage the long range mg's weren't being offered in australia and so we we put our name down for the BYD Atto 3 um in i think november last year um we waited until march and they delivered i think i don't know quite a few thousand of them so we got one and very happy with it um a few th- a few little things about the MG we miss um sunglasses holder that was one of the <laughs> up in the up in the thing that was <laughs> andrew's going i really missed that anyway so that was a little thing uh i missed the little passenger door button you know when you when if i have a key i can get in the passenger door they don't have that on the byd um the regen braking isn't quite as, as strong on the byd it's a very different ride to the mg it's it's a bit more um, I won't say luxurious, but a bit more um, com- comfortable. I'll, I'll put it that way. So, but the MG, I really enjoy driving. I just found it a, a very fun car to drive. So, I mean that it, it, the BYD doesn't have that sporty sort of ride. But that said, you know, it's a great car. Um, resale, as far as resale go, we didn't trade it in at the at the um, byd dealership the whole the whole byd dealership thing is very interesting hearing what miles was saying about you know cars on the forecourt it it's almost like you buy the the car online and you go out to a dealership which is it's not really branded and you just you have a test drive and that's about as as much as you have to do with the dealership the the servicings outsourced to other I don't know what you call them. I think we we went to a Kmart place, and they had a, mm-hmm. a that's where their authorized dealership uh, servicing is. So it's a very different sort of um, infrastructure. I, I don't know, when Miles was talking about closure of 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 you know branded dealerships, you wonder whether that's going to be the the next sort of movement, you know, retail of of cars where people just buy them online. Um, and it's like picking up a television set so anyway it was an interesting experience I must say uh, the the dealership we only have one MG dealership in Hobart and so you're a little bit caught you can't go anywhere else and um, our experience was you know so so with them so I don't miss I don't miss that Um, anyway so that's that's the things we missed about the MG Um, we don't miss the the smaller range, you know, the shorter range. And um the glitchy software. I just, I just, I think I got I got to the end of my tether with that when um it was a what you call a bank holiday weekend. And we were going across to the island just near us on the car ferry. And I had a I had a friend from Germany staying with me. And um I got on the fair we got on the ferry had the windows down because it was summer and she said, oh, let's get out and go and have a look. So I quickly turned the car back on to shut the windows and then the whole thing just, um, you know, froze, the whole interface froze. So I spent the the rest of the ferry trip 20 minutes trying to get this car to do something because it was basically stuck on but it wouldn't do anything. And so we got to the other side and they had to push the car to the side of the ferry and take the ferry out, bring another ferry in so all the, the huge queues of traffic could keep moving. And I, I was just, I, I just said, I can't, this is it. That that, that just did it for me because then we had to go back to the other side, call the AA, you know, the the MG service people and it was like a holiday weekend and I I was just like, no, that's it. So... Yeah. Um, that was when we th- okay, we're gonna go try the BYD. So we're very happy with the BYD. We got a good price for the MG. I-, I was very happy with the resale value. I think we lost, I don't know, 15%. We we sold it privately. So that was good. And went to a lady who just up the road and she really loves it. It's perfect for her. So um that that's my story. Um it doesn't mean we won't go back to MG. I've seen a couple of MG4s in the last couple of weeks driving around. Um I think I, I did some research and they've just I think last month they outsold the Tesla three in Australia. So mm. that's a pretty good um wow. yeah doing pretty well. Um but that said the BYD seems to be really pushing MG here. Um they've got I think the the dolphin models come out here and that's very yeah. popular. Um and I just read that BYD. I think they they're hitting a a sales target of of three million cars for this year, which is pretty incredible. Not in Australia, but you know, coming out of China, so it's it's just incredible, incredible figures, you know, coming out of the Chinese market. Um, but um, for all my reservations about the MG ZS. I still think the whole MG badging thing is a brilliant brilliant thing and I think that's a great thing for the UK that, that 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 was brought back and that MG have you know come that far with it and you know all you guys I know there's all these little things on the forums about what's wrong but then there's all the great stories that people don't have problems and I think it's just a brilliant brand that 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 has been um the, the revival in that brand, I think it's something that, that, you know, they should be very proud of. So. Oh, well.
0: Yeah. So you'll not become a stranger. So you're still.
1: I don't think person. so. I mean, I'm I'm happy to try um, MG again. Uh, when we're talking about the four-wheel drive, John, um, that's something we're probably interested in here because we have problems. Almost the tyres on the BYD are just terrible, so we have to get them replaced. Um, but, yeah. Four wheel drive, something I'd be interested to try um, in a in an SUV size because I think we need that down here. Um, but yeah, you never know. We'll and keep looking. S- you know.
0: Still as enthusiastic about just energy conservation as you were. You're having your house, yeah, yeah. For-
1: yeah, but I mean it, it. It's always it's always a battle here. Like you know, we talking to a neighbour the other day. He's he thinks that EVs are a fad. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's waiting for hydrogen, and I'm thinking you're going to be waiting a very long time, particularly down here. You know, like the end of the earth to get infrastructure to 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 um you know hydrogen cars and trucks and and things. But um, I mean the the Chinese car market for Australia is particularly important because our major export is iron ore. So much and nearly all of that goes to China. So. All the iron ore used to be used for the steel for the building industry, which has you know had a tumble in China, but it nearly all all goes to cars now. For, so for us, it's a it's a sort of a you know circular economy. And um, I think the iron ore industry here is trying to abate you know um, CO two emissions. I think I saw I think our biggest miner have started to move to electrical equipment mining equipment and also building their own um solar and wind generation on site at the big mines um you know we're talking two and a half million tons of co2 they're emitting per year so i think when um if if uh, australia ever starts to fine not fine but you know put a more of a a tax or a impediment to sending all these heavy, um, you know, emitting exports overseas. It's all very well saying, oh, we've brought our emissions down. But when you're sending all this stuff overseas to emit somewhere else, it's it's not, it's getting a bit, people are getting a bit, it oh, doesn't sound quite right. So it's good that the mining industry is trying to get on board with that. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's quite difficult for a, for a nation that's so heavily mineral dependent uh, you, on your economy. It's exactly, kind of throwing exactly. Throwing the baby it's out tricky. with the bathwater a bit, isn't it?
2: Going yeah, It's I'm totally. sad that there's there's no car production any longer in Australia, is there? Holden, was it Holden? Went, yeah,
1: uh, Holden, yeah, GM. Last two, little, years ago, two
2: years ago, I, was I, years. I can't remember that. So, instead yeah. of buying cars from used cars from Japan, wasn't there something about a one year old Jap- Japanese car was considered a new car in Australia because of the tariffs?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, they're there's still importing, there is a couple of companies here that are importing used EVs from uh, Japan. Um, but I, I think because of all we we're talking about used, used, used car sales here, you know, the last two years, Used EVs have started to starting to flood the market. So I don't know how they're going to go with with the importing used cars. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting market as far as that goes. Yeah, we don't we don't have the very strict rules. I think that you guys have about um, roadworthiness and um, uh, age of cars, which is probably why our industry folded. You know, people hang on to cars here for twenty years, twenty five years
0: um which is not great sometimes yeah oh well as i say don't become a stranger and when you see Stuart's email appearing the next time please definitely (laughs) great seeing you again and great hearing from you so thank you for having me thanks uh, that was good it was good now our other foreign foreign correspondent is our our good pal John who lives (laughs) just outside Oslo
2: (laughs) yes yes you'll see if you come in the summer as you're talking about then I'll show you how, just
0: outside (laughs) Oslo. So how are things in Norway, your
2: I'm looking at the picture that Jennifer has and feeling extremely, uh, yeah. um, We had minus 17 degrees two weeks ago for about a week Mm -hmm. and a half. So, uh, and I've got two very good friends. One's Australian, married to a Norwegian, and the New Zealander married to uh, a Norwegian. And they both disappeared a week last Wednesday. One's gone for four months back to New Zealand. The other's gone for six weeks to Melbourne. And keep getting these pictures on WhatsApp with shorts and sunshine and cold beers. So, um, <laughs> you know, def- definitely jealous to a point. Um, no, I uh, I think the uh, best way to start is, uh, like Jennifer, um, our car, or my wife's NGZS, the first version, first release. Um, came up for renewal, or was coming up for renewal for leasing. Uh, was going, had to be returned. And uh, what do you do? I wouldn't have minded a, a Mark II version, but what we've had here is a flood of offers with things like uh, 1% interest fixed for three years. Um, so we ended up going for, because my wife didn't really want to have a car, I'm not going to be a taxi driver for the rest of my, 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 my years on this planet. I said, no, we're going to get you a car and we'll see what happens in three years. And the best deal we found was a, a Citroen EC4. It, it just couldn't compete price-wise with the uh, MG ZS. And as we talked about in the introduction before we went live today, there's a lot of people, just like my wife, we don't need 450 kilometres or you know 250 miles of range. And what we found was that there were very few cars of the the sort of lower range, a bit more than the ZS was fine, but why do you pay so much extra for a battery that you're never going to use? And unlike the UK, they're not selling the standard range, um, energy ZS. And I said the MG4 was too much of a go-kart for my wife. She wanted to sit a bit higher. So at the end of the day, it came down to money and uh, the idea of buying a Citroen was something for me, the French car um but i'm actually being really impressed it, it's like an mgzs it's not a pure ice uh it's an it's an ice car with a battery in it built in spain but um it's good you No know, heated steering wheel things like that included for free and in, included in it so oh, overall it sits a bit higher but the one thing i would say is it's got an incredible ride miles has done a, a video of it so it's Interesting to compare because the MG ZS did everything it said on the can. There was no, it wasn't, it wasn't pretentious. It was a, a it was a cut, and it didn't cost a lot of money. Uh, I think the regret that we have was we should have bought it rather than lease it because I was very concerned about depreciation. And uh, had we uh, bought it, we would have sold it. We wouldn't have, we would have lost more than Jennifer had lost, but certainly uh we, we would have got quite a lot of money back had we paid it off at the same rate so now it's um me with my audi my wife with her Citroen, and as long as you can get two grandchildren in the back and uh, at least it's got a light in the back seat <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was one of the biggest biggest disappointments when we looked at the new the facelifted version of the zs there's still no light in the back seat you know and if uh, if you've ever tried fastening a 12-month-old into a baby seat in the middle of the night and minus 10 outside and your fingers are frozen, you can't see what you're doing, then I can certainly recommend backlight, a light in the back seat.
0: And when you oh, switch yeah. on the car, is the radio on or off, John? Sorry? When you switch on the car, is the radio on or off?
2: Um, no, the radio doesn't come on, but it's got, it's got wireless Android and uh, Apple CarPlay and starts up immediately, which uh, was a real surprise. Um, I think I was lucky I got one with uh, a new infotainment system that it had. But um, but no, I don't want to knock, Angie. It was a really, really uh, nice car. As I say, it did everything on the box and it was good to drive, plenty of space in it. It was a bit like a TARDIS in the back when you started to load it up. But but at the end of the day, it came down to, uh, you know, dollars and cents or pennies and pounds and uh citroen not doing very well here and uh basically um not five grand off the car and you give you you've got a fixed price for uh for three years which in this day and age uh, when you're paying six seven percent interest on a, a car loan new uh, 99 no was just too good to be true and then as as luck has it or didn't have it um, five weeks or six weeks later mg reduced the price of the MG ZS by 50 <laughs> so we probably could have got a face <laughs> a little bit more expensive but at the end of the day you know uh, a car's a car and um but i will say one thing it's certainly no one is efficient uh, in the winter as the mg even though the citroen say has, has a heat pump um it's uh we're losing for just town driving we're probably losing about 40 percent of the range in the winter uh, wow. does, on the box it does what it says and one thing for people might know it's a bit like the NG, but the NG seems to take into consideration temperature in the winter and reduces the range whereas the um, citroen charges up to 100 percent and it gives its full wltp range which some people can be misleading, but you don't get this. Oh, why you have only got so many kilometres of range or miles. But um, anyway, but there we are. As I said uh, when we chatted earlier, if MG do come out with a larger um, SUV four-wheel drive next year, which is what they're hinting at here, bigger than the Art and Marble R. And uh, it will reverse up a hill in four wheel drive. I could very well see myself going into that. Don't need something as expensive as an Audi fifty five. I I can live with something a bit cheaper as long as, i say, I got out of the taxiing uh, business with my wife. But um, yeah,
0: and sorry? sorry. I know you've done a bit of work on sales. Uh, how yeah, um, is it still holding
2: up? And in- yeah, MG are doing reasonably well considering the way the market is. As probably is everybody aware, when um, Tesla slashed its prices uh, twelve months ago, it threw the market into complete chaos over here. Just completely blew everybody away. And as an example. Uh, Tesla sold 21,000 model wise in Norway since November, uh, the, uh, up until including November. And they've got 21% of the market share of the market with one model. So 21%. And that's not counting the Model 3. So if you take the Model 3, and as you sold of the, of the plaid and, and uh, the S, um, so just flying off the shelves. And much of it is a bit like Jennifer was alluding to. You can go online you buy it we don't like the car after 14 days up to 14 days you can give it back and get your money back because in norway if you buy anything online you are entitled you've got 14 days period where you can give whatever it get your money back no 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 questions asked so byd is not sold through um it's 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 got an importer who imported um uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of cars a big company called rsa so they do their own servicing and uh, but the smaller brands like xpeng and um they done the same sort of deal that jennifer's talking about they're using a third party um set of people who do um, um, mot testing and and servicing of cars and so um, that's becoming more and more popular um I don't know what you pay for a service for a ZS but here it's between 450 pounds to 550 pounds but if you went to one of these third party places um they'll do it for half the price and you still retain your your uh, your warranty yeah. so um but this agent business where expended did uh, and selling that they're trying to do it with Volvo and Volvo will go online but there's a lot of pushback. People are still resistant to doing it like that. Polestar, for example, you buy online. We've got a couple of showrooms. Neo uh, doesn't have an agent model, but they haven't sold very many cars. They only sold 450 cars in Norway, or 500 cars this year, and uh, it must be a huge loss for them. But um, And again, they've also gone heavily into discounts. So at the moment, until eighteen months ago you couldn't get a discount on a car because there was so many um so much a uh, waiting time for them but now um neo is trying to sell off their old version of their big of so, and uh, they're knocking over ten thousand pounds off it at the moment so why get rid of stock so for anybody who wants to buy a car here at the moment um it's 299 three percent fixed for three years on a um on any MG, most of the MG range. But MG's sales have held up because of the MG4. And if I compare the numbers, um, they've, they're down 7, nearly 8% compared to between twenty-two and 23. But the um, best seller now is the MG4. It's, it's turned, last year it was the Marvel R with like 1600 cars up to the end of November and um, the mg4 is now 1500 and the marvel has gone down to 500 510. so um the mg4 has been uh, a real hit here for yeah. um for MG. I
0: it has been, yeah.
2: but i think the biggest advantage of mg is the selection of cars that they have so they're not just dependent on two or three models they've got four so you, yeah and they fit different, although I don't think the, um, the state car is particularly popular here. Certainly, the ZS is still holding up well and the MG4. And they also sell what I hadn't seen in, in uh, they call it uh, a long range, um, extended range um, MG4, with the 75 kilowatt battery. But I, when I looked today on the MG site in the UK, I didn't see that. I just saw the one with, the, what is it, the 64 kilowatt.
3: So
5: the extended range is sold here. It's the seventy, well, seventy-seven total. It's seventy-five usable. Yeah, seventy-five. Um, okay. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, same yeah. retail price as the X Power. So it's thirty-six four nine five here in the UK. Okay. You see here again if you compare the
2: prices because you've got VAT on on all of it. We've only got VAT on cars over about forty thousand pounds at the moment in in Norway. So if I give you an example. Um, An X power costs twenty nine thousand pounds here in Norway. It's thirty six and a half thousand in the UK before you start haggling. Yeah, um, the uh, long range ZS is twenty five and a half thousand in Norway, uh, thirty five thousand in the UK. So the fact that you're paying twenty percent VAT on everything, is still this huge saving that uh, you're, you're, you're getting here. So um, and the MG4 luxury with the gross 64 kilowatt that's 25,000 in Norway, 32,000 in the UK. So um, it, it, that makes a huge difference here. So um, so not surprising that they are doing so well. A good example is Hyundai and Kia. Um, they're down 45, nearly 50% in sales compared to uh, last year, and uh, BMW, Audi, all the big boys. So last, last November, there wasn't a car in the top 10 of sales from any of the premium uh, manufacturers, BMW, Audi. It was all the smaller, the smaller, more, more affordable cars. And of course, Tesla sitting on top of the pile. <laughs> so um, really incredible numbers here. So uh, I think we're up at 80%, over 80% now per month of um, EV sales compared to to everything else, and then that will increase next year because they're going to tax hybrid hybrid uh, cars even more compared to what what they are now. So the push is more and more and more towards the uh, um, to, to getting people into the uh, electric cars. But infrastructure is a lot better, of course. That's the biggest advantage that we have over everybody else. Okay,
0: and, and John, same uh, sentiment as we sent out to Jennifer. Please don't become a stranger. Uh, we're always uh, fascinated to get your up- updates from how things are selling and different uh, takes on on your completely different market there. So similar to you when you, when you see Stuart's email, please.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be um, happy to, to uh, pop in now and again. If that please. would
0: be great. Well, we're going to have to start winding up now, guys. Um... I think reflecting back on 2023, I changed car to the Long Range and I'm delighted with it. Uh, As Jennifer said, there are one or two things that just rip my knitting with the car. Uh, But all in all, generally pretty quite happy. Tom, sorry, Douglas and you, how are you? Are you quite happy with your setup?
3: Yeah, well, it's my first EV and I'd never go back to ICE. No, never could never go back. Yeah. Um, and I really, I mean, yeah, we've had a few teething problems, but I'm um, really happy with the car, it drives really well. So, yeah, very, very happy. Looking forward yeah. to next year,
0: yeah. And Vince, how are things in your world?
4: Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, I, I love my ZSCB I, again. I got the long range, having the long range, I uh, had the short range before, like you, Jennifer. Um, moved to the long range. Um, I think Miles was talking about it before with the COVID. We got a really good price when we traded hours in mm-hmm. to get the long range. So, uh, but that means now I only have to do rapid charge three or four times a year. The rest of the time I'm doing it on the drive at a stupidly low price. So I'm more than happy with my ZS. Went to Wales and back, which is 200 miles each way. And although on the range this time of year in the winter, the, the gasometer on the range shows, the uh, the WTLP is 278 miles, I think, and it's showing about 200 miles on long range on the gasometer. Well, I know through experience, when you're doing a long drive, you're going to get a much better range than that. So, and I did, I've got 240 miles out of the range. So the, for midwinter, that's pretty good as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm
5: really good efficiency is that yeah
4: yeah i'm happy with it so i'm dead happy with it yeah and and for me i'm not going to move to anything else i'll see what turns up on the market but I'll, uh at the moment no intention to move away
0: yeah that's great the only thing is, is uh i the only thing i still resent is how petrol and diesel drivers for some reason pick on you as if you've done something horrible by buying an ed and yeah. even my brother phoned me the other day and said, oh, I hear a Tesla went on fire. I went, I think a yeah. uh, Volvo or, um, <laughs> uh, or a Citroen or something's gone on fire somewhere else in the world. But, oh, but never mind.
4: Of did, time?
0: Oh, it just gets, anyway, I've <laughs> used my knitting. Uh, I'm coming over to a the gumpy old, uh, yeah, Quite <laughs> against
5: type, I might say. <laughs> you know?
2: I better get my
0: green hat on. This is for Bucky. Yeah. This is for-
2: yeah. The Grinch.
0: The Grinch. <laughs> yeah. So let's wind up there, guys. Uh, a, a, a huge thank you again to Jennifer and John for those insights there. Um, Stuart has been working feverishly in the background and a big uh, uh, round of applause room. There will be an audio version of podcasts uh, starting with the November 2023 episode. You can find them in all good podcast providers from 2024 onwards. Uh, maybe a little sooner if he has a bit of good fortune, just search for MGEV Community Podcast uh, and we'll be there. Uh, That's it for the last MGEV podcast of the year. Also in the background, we've got a huge vote of thanks for the volunteers who moderate the forums and keep it running smoothly and safely. So Al, a real human, Coulomb and Rolf, Thank you very much you don't get enough uh, uh praise for what you do and as ever i mentioned him a few times a huge thanks to stuart uh uh to the pod uh, from Stuart to the podcasters who give up their evenings uh we love it but a huge thank you to stuart who works feverishly in the background uh making all this come together um so a huge thank you to to Jennifer. Please, this isn't farewell. Please don't make it farewell. Great having you on, on tonight. Same to thank you, John. You for me. It,
1: it's great. Thank you.
0: Ah, super. Same to you, John. Please, uh, yeah, we'll we'll miss your stats. We'll miss your completely different outlook on how things are over there. So, uh, please mm-hmm. don't become a stranger.
2: Well, it's been a pleasure, and. uh, Happy Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to you. Goo as we say in in uh, Ho Ho Ho, as we say here in Norway. <laughs> yeah, take care, everybody.
0: Thank you for that. We'll find out how we say Good uh, Merry Christmas in Devon. Tom, what do they say down there then?
3: Ah, uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's what we say. Yeah, no snow usually, but we we can Still pretend. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's good.
0: Um and good to have you on board again yeah, and we'll see you in, in 2024. I'm back. Vince, thanks for joining us again tonight. No problem at all. Good seeing you. And again, Miles, we couldn't have done it without you.
5: Uh, thank you. I mean, I'm looking forward to what MG is going to bring for us in 2024. We've got um a few new models um teased, uh including perhaps a new version of Marvel R coming to right on drive markets. So um there's been some there's a couple of other sake brands if anyone wants to google the rising auto f7 or the rising auto r7 there's a couple of sake electric vehicles in china which may end up with an mg badge in the next 12 months or so
0: right our uh, Santa's, Santa's list is uh, filling up now so thanks for that miles uh if you're watching live thank you for joining us and please click the like button and join in the next uh, and join in the chat windows I haven't had much of a chance to look at the chat t- tonight but it's just been so busy if you're watching later thank you for choosing to watch this video and please subscribe and get that notification for the next time we we'll go live and um, thanks everybody uh, just sort of leaves me now to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all MGED owners uh, throughout the world and uh, catch up with you early in 2024. Thanks and Boonie b- Yule, or whatever it was. Boonie Yule. <laughing> <Blue-yul. Christmasville. laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas.